this might be a two-part episode. So if you're, if you're listening, I might have, we might have ended the, the first half and then now we're kind of diving into the second half. So we're still here with Dr. Christine Peterson, amazing oncology pharmacist, which there's another title that I don't know if you mentioned earlier, right? I don't know if you mentioned earlier. Also, aren't you a residency coordinator? Yes, I am. So I, I am also actually a PGY-1 first-year pharmacy residency program and PGY-2 oncology residency program coordinator. Oh, I didn't even know that. Um, which, yes, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> We're all, you know, it's like, it's the, yeah. yes. <laughs> it's, it's something that as I was going through residency, I was so lucky with the people that I had. And I know speaking back to my big takeaway was that mentorship and mentee relationship that I think is so important to have as a pharmacist. As a coordinator, I wanted to bring that directly to our residency program. And so that's why I started as a PGY-1 residency coordinator. I And it came about because I was so incredibly grateful that the residents voted me resident preceptor of the year. And it was like my second year of practice coming out of residency. And I, I was just giving it my all. I mean, I I didn't know if I was doing a good job. I was like, you know, I just really want to make this a good experience for all these students and residents. And then when when they gave me that award, it it rocked me to my core because I was like, that is huge. Being able to be recognized by learners and residents. And at that point, I was just in their shoes, not even a couple of years ago. And that kind of opened up the door for me where the RPD of the PGY-1 program was like, do you want to be a coordinator for a program? They don't have, they didn't have any oncology representation. So I was very proud to represent. And that opened the door for me to then become a PGY-2 oncology residency coordinator. So I've been very lucky with that. That is amazing. As I said earlier, a lot of accolades in such a short amount of time. So it's very impressive. A Thank lot you. of hard work. Definitely round of applause for you. I think it's a nice clapping <laughs> Click it's like it's X. It's this population. Thank you. But round of applause for you if you're listening. Go ahead and get the plat unless you're driving. What was the most unexpected challenge that you faced in residency? So actually, yeah. Before we get into that, so she was fortunate enough to agree to have me ask you some some rapid fire questions on residency. It's kind of on the spot, but. I thought of some quick five questions that I believe would be valuable for anyone that's going through that phase right now, because residencies, we were kind of talking about this before we started recording. Like I've noticed people are already messaging me telling me that they got interviews from the different people that help with our services. And so I'm like, oh, wow. Like for me, it was like February, March is when I had my interview. So I'm shocked that they're already having interviews. Yeah. Like next week. <laughs> so it's like, um, and by next week, I mean like, the, uh, the week of the 14th of January. It's like January 18th. Somebody said they have one. So it's like, wow, coming up super quick, super fast. So I figured it'd be awesome to talk briefly about residency. Just kind of five questions and I'm shooting at you. Probably it's going to be a very short episode, but just wanted to get your perspective for anybody that's about to go through the residency interview experience and things like that. So the first thing I wanted to ask you was, what was the most unexpected challenge you faced in a residency interview and how did you overcome it? That is such a good question. I think when I think back to where I sat in a, in a pharmacy residency interview, I remember being so 
nervous at the time, right? Because you're going to all these places, you're trying to put yourself out there and tell them why you think that you'd be a great candidate for their program. And while I had practiced a lot of questions, while I had gone over and over again about different stories and and experiences that I've wanted to bring up, a lot of my residency interviews asked me to work up a patient case. And depending on the program, some of them would allow you to use drug information resources and some would not. It was just strictly off of memory. And I remember as much as you try to review all these different disease states, right? I mean, give yourself grace. You're also probably doing student rotations. and You don't have all the time in the world to prepare for every single opportunity that could come up. There had been one disease state that I just could not for the life of me remember exactly the, the guideline recommendation, how to treat it and, you know, what the dosing was. And so in addition, you're in an interview and that could also just make it easier for you to feel like you're going to blank and feel like, oh no, why can't I think of something that usually would come right to my mind a lot faster? But the the biggest thing that I want to make sure to note and what I did, which I recommend anybody do, is now on the flip side, I learned what the purpose of that question is. And I would have approached it differently knowing that. The biggest thing, if you ever encounter a question like that during a residency interview, do not panic. Do not get nervous. Roll with it. Go with the flow. So those drug information questions that they'll ask you or patient cases that they ask you, they really want to know, one, what is your workflow when you're working up a patient? But two, do you know what resources that you have available to you? Where would you look up dosing versus maybe the guideline? Or on the flip side, are you going to be saying something strong and wrong? Are you like, I'm just going to make something up and be confident about it, right? Because that's not a good thing. And we're really trying to make sure that we are not promoting that behavior. So those are the things that they're really looking for. You will ace the question. If you were just able to say, here's how I thought through it. I don't know the dosing off the top of my head. I would use LexiComp or Micromedics to look up the dosing. These are the guidelines that I would use to figure out which would be the best for a patient. And I would put this into perspective based on the patient's comorbidities. Bam, that's perfect. Because nobody is expecting you to know everything. Even us, even the pharmacists who are interviewing you don't know everything. But knowing how to get the answers is what's key. And, and knowing when to say, I don't know, let me look it up is also huge. Yeah, no, thank you for that. I believe a lot of times we're afraid to answer wrong because yes. we've been such in that, that testing mindset for years in undergrad and in graduate school that when it's like they ask something you don't know, it's like, I got to call it an answer. And nice. sometimes the answer I don't know, but I, I know how to find the answer. So this is the stepwise process I, that I will utilize to find the answer. And so that's a great, great tip. Like I said, residency coordinator, so hey, valuable gems, valuable gems. So thank you so much. All right, so that's one. Number two, what is your go-to strategy for staying on hose during a high stakes residency? We all have that one oh, yeah. that's our dream residency that we really want. How do we stay calm? Oh, yeah. And immediately you sent me back to when I was preparing for that interview. Immediately I went there mentally. <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad. I'm there. <laughs> I really, I have to be completely honest with you. And this might be a boring answer, but out of all of these different techniques I've tried, my, my most successful rationale will be preparing as much as you can beforehand 
that is the best thing that can help you with your confidence leading up to the day. So first of all, I think part of it will be, okay, maybe preparing for some of those clinical questions that might come up, having examples of stories that you can talk through. And when you get asked questions, you'll have examples right off the bat that you can list off. Really thinking about how you might respond to answers. I am not saying to memorize your answers. I am not saying to read off of a piece of paper when you give those answers. I just want you to think about it because that is what can be hard. It's it's hard and people feel nervous about not knowing what to expect. And so if you have done the work and you have thought about different questions, you you know look up a bunch of different interview questions, I'm more than happy to help provide you with uh, some examples. I created kind of a cheat sheet for the residents I'm a coordinator for. Happy to share that with anybody who would like some um, examples of what questions might come up and what to prepare for. That to me will no matter what, help your confidence. Because there is nothing better that when you get to that interview day and you get asked a question and you're like, I've got this. Or you have an elevator speech ready when it comes to tell me about yourself. I've got this. That that will help set the tone for a really good interview day. And then on your interview day, I also really recommend to just take a lot of deep breaths, get yourself in a good place mentally before you go in, and listen to some music that's going to put you in a good mood and in a confident mood. I made a playlist on Spotify that's like my confidence playlist. Um, lots of Britney on there because she's my girl. But you can have whatever really pumps you up. And I know it might sound silly, but that can really help you shift the energy before you go into that interview. That's another valuable gem. I definitely rem remember reflecting back in residency that that was something that was recommended. Like definitely you can create your star format to certain yes. questions, but it's really what you want is not to sound repetitive. What you want is almost like, how can this leadership experience be utilized in different situations? Maybe yes. they ask me a question of dealing a time with a difficult coworker or dealing with something about a time you had to start something from scratch, you know, like yes. you did the first thing in this thing. But it's like being able to have the situations kind of in the back of your mind and how you're going to format something, but don't make it very strict to the format that you created. Have it be a little bit flexible so they can see your personality and shine whenever you're giving the responses. But I agree. I think I, reflecting back, I also had a playlist that I probably listened to. I would probably listen to like a motivational speaker like Tony Robbins or E.T. or Eric Thomas, somebody probably motivational, either did that or had like certain music that just like calmed me yeah. to get me like ready for this experience. So definitely whatever it is that you're Zen, if it's meditate, yeah. listen to music, motivational speakers, like find something that can get you in a well-composed zone and help you just like walk in. So yeah, that's a great tip. Cute. And, and you use Brittany. So yes, yes. It's, it's so Brittany, true. And I think... For me, another thing, just mindset wise, that I really want people to understand, I don't think it gets said enough, to be honest with you. The programs are really just as excited to meet you. They're, they're excited to meet you. It's not like, how can we grill these candidates and how can we get them nervous and how, how can we make them break? I mean, I think that's what people think of. And maybe that is maybe a long time ago, what people may have experienced, but we're in it together for a year. The program, the preceptors, the residents, we are all in it together for at least one year. And so we want you to have a successful year. 
And we want to make sure that you are a good fit and that you like us just as much as we like you. So if you have an interview already, they want to meet you and get to know you. And from a credentials perspective, you've got it if you've got an interview. Now it's just, what is your personality like? Have fun with it and let that personality shine through because all of the accolades can start to blend for people, but those personality differences and the things that you guys might have in common, that's what's going to help you stand out. Well, can you agree more? For my next question, in what ways can, which kind of ties into what we're talking about, yeah. what ways can a candidate showcase their authentic self, qualities and experiences during an interview? This is because when I look at it, you always want to make that lasting impression, but you can only do the one. Yeah. What kind of tips or advice do you have? Definitely. I think going in confidently will help make a difference because there is nothing worse. I feel terrible when I am interviewing somebody who is incredibly nervous. I know a lot of times you can't help that, but preparing, right? And, and knowing what's to come, expecting what's to come will help you not feel quite so nervous. I don't want to see you cry on an interview day. I, you know, I want to be there for you just as much as you want to be there. So make sure that you start the day in the mindset that you are ready to share information about yourself and you're ready for a group of people to get to know you and to meet you for the first time. This is also a time that I say, do not be humble. Do not assume that everybody has read your CV because I have to be honest with you, as much as, even if we have, honestly, even if we have looked through and parsed through every page of your CV, you interview so many people. And from the beginning of the month to the end of the month, things start to blur. And so speak to the things on your CV that you are proud of. Was there a project that you worked on that you, you really went above and beyond? Talk about that. Use that as an example somewhere. Did you learn from something that you want to speak on? Talk about that. And that preparation really helps you, right? Because as you're sitting down and thinking about those things, you can have those, some notes written off to the side so that when you're starting to get asked questions, you need to make sure that that information comes out to the group that you're talking to. So that is, is my opinion, the best way that you can shine is putting all of that out there, not in a braggadocious way. That's not I'm not saying that. I'm saying it's more important for them to know what you've accomplished because if you haven't told them, you can't assume that they know. That's what's very important about the residency interview process. Completely agree. Completely agree. You have to be confident. You have to promote yourself. It's it's a job interview. And to tell you the truth, when I was in residency interviews, I probably got your CV like a minute before I walked Yes. In. No, I did not read it. I'm just looking at you. Tell me. And then if you tell me something that's interesting, all right, let me see if it's on. Put a little bit flip through. Paige is acting like I'm doing something porn. I'm really not. <laughs> but no, I'm not in those rooms anymore. So you won't see me in any, any, any house when I work at doesn't have a residency. So I'm not in those, those meetings anymore. But yeah, yeah. No, I, I played around too much. <laughs> You've got to. Um, You've got to. But. But in all, in all seriousness, I like to joke, I like to have fun, but in all seriousness, it's just the time for you to really, really showcase who you are. So whether it's a bubbly personality, be a little bit bubbly with your answer because you hit the nail on the head with the comment when you said it's about the fit. And that's why they call it the match process. 
there have been candidates where on paper, the way they answered, it just sounded amazing. Yeah. But then the RPD is just like, I don't feel like this person is a good personality fit for us. Mm -hmm. And that could be a very, very miserable year on both sides from the preceptors and RPD perspective and from the residents perspective. Right. Right. That's just how it is. So you have to always consider that too. So if you're not able to really show them who you are, it makes it harder for them to identify if you're a good fit for them because nobody wants to be miserable for you. Exactly. And the program really doesn't want you to be miserable too, like you said. I mean, we just as badly as you want to succeed in residency, we want to see you succeed as well. And that's why too, you know what? You might love a program and you might be telling them your interest and what things drive you and what things you want to see yourself doing in the future. And there's been multiple times where we are sitting in a group interview and when the candidate leaves, we're like, I don't think that we can give them what they need. Yeah, I don't think that our program is going to help get them to that next step. I think they'd be better suited X, Y, or Z, or this, this path will help them get to where they want to go in a better way. So the programs are thinking about all of that, too, from a fit perspective, because like I said, I mean, pharmacy is a small world. We see a lot of people that we've interviewed and we we still want to see them succeed, even if we don't match with them. And it's very rewarding to then go on to see them do incredible things because you're like, good, I'm glad that they found that pathway that could get them to where they wanted to go, because I didn't think we'd be doing them the best service if it was with us. Yeah, 100%. But exactly the same conversation there was somebody i thought very impressive very impressive but the big boss calls calls the shots and sometimes it's just not the right fit for both parties and you gotta sometimes save a student from themselves and look to know like hey you probably shouldn't rate them that high because they'll probably be good for both but yeah and so for my next question what are some of the toughest questions candidates might face during a residency interview. I know you mentioned you kind of have some questions. I think you said it's like a PDF or a document and yeah. can you provide any advice on how students should really approach those questions? Because that's the one thing I feel most people struggle with. It's not always the clinical, it's more those situational based questions. Yes. Those situational questions are huge because not only do programs want to see your ability to answer those questions, but they want to see what, what did you do in that situation? And my biggest recommendation is using that STAR technique, the situation, task, action, result. But then I have a little asterisk because the result is important, but then make sure you add back to that. Did that change something you did in the future or will that change something that you did in the future? A very difficult question that people get asked is, tell me about a time that you made a mistake yeah. or tell me about the time that you made a recommendation that did not go well. And being able to use that technique and really say, I, I made the mistake, I'm owning up to it. Here's what I learned from it. Here's what I'm doing to make sure that it does not happen again. Those are the things that the program wants to hear about. So those, I think, by far and away are some of the most difficult to answer. But once you know what they're looking for and once you have some of those stories and experiences tucked away, it's easy to reach back into those banks. But the other questions, I don't know if you ever got asked any of these, were the kind of off the wall questions like, 
tell me how to cook a hot dog or (laughs) tell me what your spirit animal is. I get some of those when I was applying for residency. And now, right, I can tell you being on the other side, I personally haven't asked one of those questions before. I do think it's it's interesting, but I think that it's you can find out that through other ways. But if you get asked that question, really, people just want to see when you get put on the spot and when something happens that you're not expecting, how do you respond? Do you freeze up and panic? And in your head, you're like, how do I answer this? What's the best way for me to answer this? Or can you just take a second and breathe and laugh? Because it's a funny question. And not something that you were expecting. And whether your answer is literally how to cook a hot dog or it is truly what your spirit animal is, or you use that to kind of jump off into another point, it's it's to see your response to that question. That's what the big point of it is. So don't worry if if you're already in that mindset of an interview where you're relaxed and it's just sharing of information that won't throw you. But if you're nervous, I can see it throwing you. So always remember this. I don't want you to feel like you have to get every answer to every question correct. That's not the purpose of the interview. It should be a conversation. It should be sharing of information. And it should be you genuinely discussing things that you feel passionate about and having genuine responses to those things. That's what that's how it should go. Definitely. And you said it earlier, not enough. I went through it gotta practice the only way you're gonna get good at handling these situations is being thrown the curveball so i reflect back on this is how like my services came about it was like the first interview i did i was confident i was oh i'm gonna you know i'm good i didn't practice that was the place i most wanted to be i had that interview first it didn't go as as well as i would have liked it wasn't bad but it didn't go as well as i was like you know what i need help so i reached out to a friend I reached out to a pharmacist colleague of mine and her husband like works in HR, does like interviews all day. Like that's kind of his thing. And so he yeah. would just like quiz me for like 30 minutes a day. And so I like for like a week. And so my next interview, he just prepared me for the interview experience. And it's like, sometimes you have to be put in that setting to get prepared. So even if you're not willing to pay for service and different things, like get your friends to ask yeah. questions. Like I cannot stress the importance of. Like you asking it to yourself is yes. not enough. You need someone to ask it to you, throw you curveball, ask you something serious. Tell me about a time you had to have a difficult conversation. Tell me about a time you made a mistake and what did you do? Tell me about a time that you made a poor recommendation or something like that. Like, tell me about this. And the next thing you know, all right, you're on a string and I'm on which two drugs are you taking with you? Like, wait, what? Yes. So it's like, <laughs> you no, know, you got to yes. be ready for those type of curveball that can happen. He's laughing because he knows the are I've told you guys, I've been in these meetings, I've gone through it personally, and <laughs> I've, I've this questionnaire as well. So I know how it goes. Mm-hmm. I know how it goes, and I want to see you all. So those are definitely, definitely great tips. And something you also said, and that's a gem. So if you listen, sometimes it's not clear, but she threw in a great gem in there. So one of the things I actually teach, if you ever like deal with me or I'm giving you advice, is to do the start method, not the star, which is what you're referring to, situation, task, to action, the result, but then tying it back, that's the last T, you want to tie it back to what you're discussing, right? So you have this result, so what? So this was the result, but tie it back to everything you're talking about. What did you truly learn from this experience? 
how will that not occur again in the future? Or how will this experience better, better you in the future? Whatever it is, you want to always tie it back. Because I'm going to be honest with you, half the time, I don't remember everything you said to the beginning. That there's a whole bunch of money. And then it gets to the end. And then I'm like, oh, that's, what that's the nugget. And you're tying it. And that's the nugget. That's the nugget right there. So it's like, oh, okay. All right. This one's good. Check. So yes. That's how I go. That is such a good point. Can I also add to that? The succinctness is also key. You, you can tell that story. And like you said, the days are long. I mean, on the resident's end or the candidate's end, on our end, the days are long. So you don't feel like you have to give a five-minute story and then wrap it up. I mean, just go through, you know, have like a two-minute answer. Make sure that you really hone in on that tea. I love start, by the way. I'm going to start making sure that I tell my residents about that because I'm like, how do I start asterisk doesn't have that same ring to it. (laughs) Start is perfect. I think that that's so important. And it's really important, like you said, to have other people ask you questions and to get other people's perspective. You might be talking to your friend and give an answer and they're like, that wasn't a good answer. You're like, no, it made perfect sense in my head. They're like, no, you've got to reframe it. So that's another really good reason to have someone else hear you out. Definitely. And then last but not least, so we talked about the tips for the interview, different things that, that you can implement. And a lot of great gems. So thank you, Kristen. I appreciate it. But lastly is the forgotten aspect is after the interview, you also have to eventually rank all the places. So if you can kind of put yourself back into that student realm or even as a PGY1, because you had to apply for PGY2s, how did you really evaluate a residency program to see if their strengths and what they offered really aligned with their own professional goals? Yeah, that is such a great question. And I I hope that a lot of students aren't like me, where for a while I was just thinking, man, I would just be lucky to get a residency. I think that it's it's good to want that. And I think it's important to know what your goals are. But I I really encourage residents now reflecting back. I mean, I ended up at some incredible programs and I am so fortunate for that. But I, I think it's so important to really sit and think about what each program will offer you. And, and in addition, like you said, we were saying earlier, to make your year successful. So the first thing, which might be a little bit surprising, if you don't have, if you're not feeling the fit, if, you, if the, the vibes are feeling a little bit off, t- you're getting a feeling about that in your stomach, take note of that because while you can do anything for one or two years, it's still a year or two of your life. And you want to be comfortable in your learning environment for that year. You want to enjoy the preceptors that you are around. You want to enjoy your RPD and have a good rapport with them. They're going to be someone that can help you launch your career to the next step. So that, I think, overall is one of the biggest things that I would recommend is really try to get to know the residency program and try to get to know the preceptors and the RPD. Ask the residents questions that you ask them to see if those things align and make sure that that those residents are seeing the same things that they are saying on their end. But then once you've really done that and you've done some soul searching on that, I think it's important to think about big picture balance. So 
things like what is the on-call or uh, weekend rotation staffing look like? Are you working every other weekend? Are you working every fourth weekend? That experience is incredible. But I will say you don't want to burn yourself out in residency. You want to have residency be an experience that inspires you to jump into the next phase of your career. And so while it's important to work hard and while it is many years condensed into one or two years of residency, I want you to really think about that because there's a lot of programs that are doing, you know, once a month staffing and not getting your weekends to recoup and to work on other things can be huge. So really, I want residents and people that want to be residents to think about that. I also think it's really important when you're thinking about your long-term goals, how does that program support those long-term goals? Are you super interested in pharmacogenomics and you're applying to all these programs that don't even have the potential for you to have a rotation or some type of shadowing opportunity in that? Even if it's a really good name, that might not be the best fit for you. So really make sure that what you want to do is aligning with what the program can offer you as well. And then all of that being said, they can offer all of the best things in the world. But understanding the rotation schedule flexibility is also huge because I've seen such a spectrum of programs. Some of them, they have a set year for every single resident with maybe like one or two electives at the end that you just fall in line and you are one of the residents in one of those schedules all the way to you have a completely curated year where you don't like something anymore. We drop it. You add something new. You want to see more about this. We drop it. We add something new. You wanted to, you thought you wanted to do MICU. Instead, you want to do surgical ICU. Great. We'll swap you. So that flexibility is also immensely helpful. And unless you know to ask about that, I don't think a lot of programs go into that level of depth about what the rotation year can offer you, or the residency year can offer you. So those are just some of my tips, but really getting to know each program is the big thing that I want you to take away. Because remember, it's not just an interview, them interviewing you, you're also interviewing them when you go to all of these places and meet all these different people. Definitely. And hearing everything you said, this is my take only, Capsulmerics, Kristen, May or may not agree with this. You don't have to say nothing. Don't put yourself on the ledge with me. But in all seriousness, there's essentially two types of residents. There's one where they truly care about the resident's experience. And there's one where it's more about the program. So it's more about the hospital. You're there to help the hospital or the hospital's there to help you. You have to do your homework and figure out which one is which. One of the ways you'll do that is by asking the questions. And one of the people that you definitely need to ask those questions to are the residents when you're interviewing with them. So when you're with the residents, ask as many transparent questions as you can so you can get an honest and transparent answer from them. Because there might be jargon that an RPD uses or a preceptor uses that kind of just like goes above your head and you're like, I don't really know. I didn't really get my question answered, so I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. And then you're just like, you're both up. You don't know what to do. But if you're in a scenario where you can talk to residents and gain perspective on, on people's true experience at that site, that's going to be great insight that you can use to help, you know, Hey, should you rank this place? I had five interviews. I only ranked four and it wasn't even because that place was, was a bad place. Cause I'll see the, <laughs> so I don't want any problem, but it's not because it was a bad place. It just, it didn't fit. It didn't align with my goals. Like when I actually 
I heard it was a good program. That's why I applied. But then when I actually stopped and thought about it, it's like, I don't want to live there. I don't see myself being there. I don't want to be at a place where it's like a one-year rental. I kind of want to stay in the system. Like, I, it just didn't fit with my long-term professional and personal goals. So I'm like, I, I don't see why I would even bother, right? It doesn't make sense. So you always got to consider that. And same thing, how you feel, that energy, the vibe. Like some places I was just like, one place I almost didn't rank just because I didn't really like the energy, but I just ranked them at the bottom. So I was like, please, perfect. <laughs> I'll be back. I probably should have ranked them. Because, but luckily, I got with one of my higher choices. So that did, did that too. And they ended up matching with one of their last choices. And then they were unhappy. And then they looked in the, the phase two pool and they always have one or two incredible programs that are in there. So life kind of works out the best way it can if you allow it to. One of the ways you allow it to is by putting in the work to make sure you ask the right questions and figuring out, hey, is this a place I should rank or not? And definitely, definitely make sure that that program is aligning with what you value personally and profession. And can I note, since you brought up phase two, just because I hear a lot of people talk about it, I would love to just give a personal anecdote. One of my uh, co-residents from one of my years of residencies, she didn't match until phase two. And just for the same reasons that you might not rank a place, they might not rank the candidate. There are some programs that are amazing where they just didn't quite, the candidates that they loved maybe didn't think that they were the best fit. And so when it came to match day, they still have some open positions at that program. So please, please do not get discouraged if you do not match in phase one, please, because there's so many reasons why that may have been. I know that in general, the match favors the candidate and they try to match you with the programs that you've ranked in the order that you've ranked it. But if you get to phase two or you get to scramble, please do not be discouraged because whether residency will be your path or something else will be, it will shake out the way that it's supposed to. You're going to meet the people that you were destined to meet. And when you look back, you, it'll make sense why it happened the way that it did. It might not feel right at the time. It might really hurt at the time, but it will shake out the way that it's supposed to. And, and, and I want you to not worry if that happens. And if you ever need somebody to talk to or if it's getting to be match day and you are getting really nervous and you just need a pep talk, please reach out to me because I would be more than happy to be your cheerleader. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Utilize your resources. Definitely do not limit yourself by feeling like you have to rank a place you don't like. If I guarantee you there are the one to three programs you probably wish you could interview with in phase two. So life is all about choices. So you have a choice whether to rank a place you don't like or to rank places you do like and then deal with phase two. And if you think that you will not be successful, that is a lie. I've had co-residents. We did phase two. When I was a student, one of my preceptors, he actually got into the scramble. So he didn't get through phase two. He did the scramble and matched with a place and has worked his way up to be a pretty big deal with within my old healthcare institution. And so don't let that deter you. It's okay. Victor, Victor Perez, shout out to Victor, Dr. Victor Perez. We talked about it. I interviewed him when he was a student. He didn't match with the PGY1 he wanted to, but then phase two happened and he had the most dream situation with Ohio State University, come up with a whole new residency. He was able to match phase two with them and he's still hanging out, hanging out there. It's like Ohio State and like Cleveland Clinic um, type of combo. And he loves it. Like he's a testament. We recently 
circled back and interviewed him because of such the such a unique residency program that he that he did doing one of those community residency programs that was and it's like there's so many success stories from a phase two or scramble so please please don't feel like you know you have to match phase one it's okay you'll be all right absolutely absolutely that's so powerful yeah but thank you so much greatly appreciate we've been talking for a long time i don't think i've ever done this before we, we've been chatting since like 10 it's 12 13 <laughs> I've just had so much fun. Thirty, we just been talking away. So we've been the podcast. You know, I'm going to edit this and all that, but it's been a minute and thirty, or an hour and thirty. Sorry, an hour and thirty minutes. But we've been talking quite a while, quite a while, which is awesome because I love this. I love I love building connections and building rapport. And I just want to say one more thing. Yeah, we are on YouTube at New Unscored Capsule Arts Podcast. You mentioned Devil's Work product. I want y'all to to. Lock in, check out her outfit. Tell me how awesome you think it is. <laughs> I see what you did. So you don't come dressed to impress. I see what you did. Definitely go in there, like it, tell me how awesome she dressed. So oh. you, you could you could do it on the side. You, you, know, you could do your little fast, you could do a fashion phase. Right. Wow. I that's huge. You're right. I mean, honestly, you can do anything. You're you're a testament to that. You can do pharmacy and any other passion that you have. Listen, and I have to say too, truly, what an incredible resource this podcast is for maybe new connections, both for students and for new practitioners. And I was mentioning even for people like me, the field of pharmacy is exciting. You can do something different. You can decide one day I want to go down this route. You can change it up and do a 180. And so this type of platform that this podcast provides is huge. And I think that if you really lean into some of those connections, it can help you have a successful and exciting career that keeps keeps you on your toes. That's for sure. Thank you for that. And the world of pharmacy is so vast. There's so many new technologies, so many different things that are happening within our profession that whether you like it or not, it's not going to be the same experience in the next probably 10 to 20 years. Does yes. these connections, these innovators, these different people that I'm bringing on, including yourself, it's, hey, connect with them. I encourage you all to meet with these people. I'm going to ask you, you know, like, what's the best, so bring this up, what's the best way for anybody listening to reach out to you? Absolutely. If you're on Instagram and that's how you're seeing this, my handle is Kristen, K-R-I-S-T-E-N, Pete's, P-E-T-E-S. That's the best way to get a hold of me on there. I post a little bit of pharmacy and a little bit of personal stuff. Feel free to connect with me if that's something that you're interested in. Otherwise, LinkedIn is another great resource that I like to use. I'm Kristen T. Peterson. You can find me there. Or you can also send me an email. I'll give you my permanent email just so you've got it. It's my name, Kristen T. for my middle initial, Therese Peterson at gmail.com. Perfect. So I'll include all of that in the show notes if you want to reach out to her. I encourage you all to do this. I know. A lot of you won't because when I was in your shoes, I didn't do it. So I know how it goes, but I know a few of you will take that step and reach out. So the few that do, I want to applaud you because these connections, you never know. Like I've reached out to somebody and then they become a lifelong mentor. You never know what could develop from it, or it could be somebody that knows somebody that helps you get a job. So really, really, really anybody that I bring on this platform, I encourage you to reach out to, I encourage you to follow, like their content, anything like that. And, and really build a connection with them because we're all doing awesome things. She's a pioneer in her field. 
she's really understood the importance of including the patient education and the patient experience into the oncology realm, right? So she has a, a new thing that she's developing. You never know, she might branch out and go to another place and help build up programs. Like maybe that's her passion. I just want to help build programs and, and keep going around. You never know. So she, if she's building a rapport in all these different places and you have a rapport with her, she has now so many vast, con so many different connections in different areas that could set you up for success, right? A lot of different people you can talk to and communicate with. So definitely, definitely utilize your resources. And one of the resources that you have available is this platform right here, the CapsArts podcast. And I cannot thank you enough, Dr. Kristen Peterson, for coming on. We've had a really good time. <laughs> I've, I've had so much fun. Let me just say that. This has been the best experience. So thank you for helping to make it such a fun day. Yeah, no, thank you. I appreciate you for coming on. Thank you again for, for reaching out. A lot of times I'm the person who reaches out lately. It's been the other way. So it's like, I guess the universe is appreciating what I'm doing. And so I just want to say thank you again for reaching out. Thank you for being willing to be interviewed on the platform, being flexible, because we had some tech, tech issues earlier. So I appreciate you for being patient and for, for being willing to extend the time that we were supposed to interview just because of everything that was going on today. But it's been a pleasure. I would love to have you on again. Well, I'm sure we'll keep in touch yeah. and, and always connect. I don't know if I'll ever be in North Carolina, but if I am, I'll definitely let you know. Yes, please do. Would love it. Mountains beach caught over there's so much to see i thought people say well just like i don't know I don't oh, high ones. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, same thing if you come to florida please feel free yes. I, mean, I think there's a couple conferences this year of course so if you're in town definitely feel free to hit me up definitely love to connect with you in person um and do you have anything that you got going on i know the residency so i'm sure you've already been interviewing or not interviewing but reviewing applications possibly have some yeah upcoming interviews, anything else you want to share or promote that you can think There of? was a really cool opportunity that I had with Pharmacy Times. They gave me this platform to essentially say, what do pharmacy, what can pharmacists in a myeloma clinic do? What do you do? And what is the scope of a pharmacist in a myeloma clinic? And so I am so excited because if you were interested in hearing about some of the things that I do on a day-to-day -day basis, they gave me like a whole a whole chunk of time to talk about it. And they have all these different episodes. I talk about what I do specifically with each of the different providers that I work with. So feel free to check that out, Pharmacy Times. But besides that, I'm just enjoying being part of this interview process and getting to meet all of the incredible students, like the ones who are listening, because like I said, it inspires me. Definitely. So I'll also include that. I found the link. I know it's on their LinkedIn, but I did see that on there. So I'll include on how you can access the pharmacy times because it's a video, right? It's it is. Yes. So you can go ahead and watch, or if you know, you're running around, you can just listen to it, just let the video play, but I'll definitely add it to the show notes. So if anybody's interested to check that out, I would highly encourage you to do it, especially if you're interested in oncology or if you want to know a little bit more about that profession. So definitely, definitely tune into that. Definitely check the show notes. Thank you again, everybody for listening. We greatly appreciate it. You can follow us on all major platforms, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, at new underscore capsule arts podcast. Thank you for the love and support. We greatly appreciate it. 24 is going to be an amazing year. If you find this content valuable and you're really, you know, you're enjoying it, please message me. Like, I love the encouragement. I love the encouragement. I love connecting with anybody. So if you're a fan, definitely just shoot me a DM. I'd love talking to you. If you just want to say you appreciate something or if you have any questions or you need help, with uh, the residency process, like we're just a resource. So anything we can do to help you guys be the best version of you and be happy with the career choice you selected in pharmacy, 
is really our purpose and our passion. So thanks so much guys for listening. We really appreciate it at new underscore capital arts podcast on all platforms. And thank you again, Kristen. Thank you so much for having me.